let me ask you a question, and I hope that in your mind you will give yourself an honest answer. Have you ever been done wrong and wanted to make it right and, in fact, wanted to get even? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, I asked that question for a reason. I was thinking to myself before I bring on my my special guest for today, have you ever been done wrong? Maybe by an employer or somebody you worked with, maybe by some kind of business deal that went bad or somebody borrowed something from you and never returned it, or maybe said something about you that wasn't true. It's a human instinct, and it's a hard one sometimes to fight. You want to get even. You want to make it right. And one of the hardest lessons we have as Christians, when something of that magnitude happens in our life, and we are honestly done wrong, perhaps even slandered, libeled, taken advantage of, you want to get even. You want to make it right. And the Bible says it's not your job to go fix everything. The Bible has a clear path, especially when it deals with two Christians. And we're going to talk about that today in the program. And I think you're going to learn something, how even in the most difficult of circumstances, as one of my favorite songs from the Christian world says, God can make a way when there seems to be no way, or waymaker, promise keeper. We sometimes forget that we have a, a wonderful God that is there to help us and guide us in our most difficult times. Now, this week we are traveling, and so I want to thank uh, yesterday having Jim Calhoun on board to, to help with the program. We had to produce these programs just a little bit in advance to allow for the drive uh, down to Florida. And so by the time this program is airing, we should be arriving and I'll get you an update uh, on Friday and again on Monday on all the things that are that are going on in the background. It's going to be a busy time in Florida. There's no doubt in my mind about it. A very busy time. And I'm going to take advantage of it. This is for God's kingdom, the, the kind of work that I'm doing. And so keep us in your prayers. Would you? We're going to need it. It's going to be a busy time. A lot of travel back and forth from the radio station to our house, and I have family on the west coast of Florida, a uh, new, new granddaughter to see, and a wedding to perform, so just a lot happening in our lives, so even in these difficult times. Now today, my guest is somebody that I had the privilege of working with a number of years ago in a, in a ministry based out of Florida. Um, I was leaving about the time he was arriving. But I've watched his career from the side. I've watched him grow and mature as somebody that is learning journalism, but being a Christian doing journalism. And something terrible kind of happened in his life. We'll just leave it at that. He was done wrong, in my opinion, and I fully agree on that. But he did the right thing. He put it in God's hands, did it God's way, by the scripture, and God has honored his decision. And now I'm bringing on my friend Edward Zale. So you've got some news to share. And uh, your your career is actually going to take off, isn't it? 
Yes, uh, I'm going to be launching my own show. Uh, one of the things that uh, prayer and, and I would say godly meditation on this, getting into the word, waking up every day, digging for treasure in the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. I love that book. <laughs> it's, uh, the Lord has really been put on my heart, a vision uh, for my life. You know, I, I, I dedicate my life uh, to the, the field of journalism, but it's not about just reporting the news. Amen. Uh, the Lord kind of told me is that, look, journalists who are Christians are uniquely equipped to be ambassadors of truth. Now, I, I think for the gospel, you know, many think about how they would share the gospel. The gospel being that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was sent to earth in a human body, was God, was both uh, a man who, who walked the earth, but was God who, who literally touched and healed and, and, and spread hope and joy and fulfilled the scriptures, fulfilled the, the, you know, the promises in the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. And, and then he was crucified for our sins, resurrected on the third day. And uh, arose to heaven, uh, ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And will come again um, to in to glory, living in the dead. In glory. That's the gospel, right? I, I think that as journalists, we are in a unique position, uh, both to share the gospel through, uh, you know, basically our, our communication through our stories, but also to uh, to develop the skills of communication. Because what what is an evangelist? What is uh, a, a street preacher? What is uh, a simple missionary? Well, it's someone who is communicating the gospel to the lost. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Let me ask this question. I'm, I'm thinking you're talking about the uniqueness of being a journalist, a Christian journalist. And obviously, if you look at the majority of media today, and that includes even a good percentage of conservative media how does a how do you define being a christian journalist compared to a conservative journalist because i think a lot of people skew the line on that topic well i think the first thing is uh, you can't have a love for money i think that's the <laughs> that's a very important one there there are many that are in this business for uh, the paycheck they're there for the money or mm-hmm. they're there for the fame i mean i think you have to remain humble you have to remain focused on on the lord and your mission i, I think christian journalists those are christians who are serving in the field mm-hmm. uh, they're not lewd um they are um, extra careful to get the facts because again the think, think of a, what a witness it would be for a christian to get a story terribly wrong lie about somebody and then people say well look look at that christian Look at that Christian who is who's claimed to be a, a follower of, of Jesus, yet he, he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's sowing chaos. I mean, it, as a Christian, I think it's it's even more difficult to be in this field, especially during these times. One of the reason for that uh, is that uh, I think that the field of journalism, it has, has really become uh, a field of advocacy, a field of propaganda, a, a field of, of uh, opportunists. I think there are very few actual journalists. Oh, yeah. And it's not that it's it's that difficult. I mean, Bob, you know this. You've been in the industry a long time. It, it It's not difficult if you're willing to put in the work. You're willing to actually read about the stories, mm-hmm. talk to sources, you know, try to actually find the truth. But, but one of the reasons here is that no longer do you get held accountable to tell the truth. No longer do you get held accountable to be following up on, on the stories and the sources and, and you know, the information. It's enough now to say something uh, bombastic, 
something that drives right. emotion. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? You've done your job. No, you haven't. Not in the Lord's eyes. Well, well stop and think about this for a second. And, and I'm not going to be... I'm not trying to condemn anybody or say something bad about them, but, you know, Fox News is now celebrating their 25th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. They started, what, in like 1996. I can remember when I got my first Dish Network receiver in 1996, and I discovered a program called Hannity and Combs Hmm. and a few other things that were on at that time. And I remember Sean Hannity from my time in in the Atlanta area. He had been a local talk show host on WGST. Before that, he worked at a small radio station in Huntsville, Alabama. And, And he took this deal to work at WABC New York in 1996. But see, he's become a personality now. And and one of the things that I, I'm always troubled about in electronic journalism, especially what I would say even at the Fox News level, when people start making like 25 and 30 and 35 million dollars per year, what is their true motivator moving forward? I mean, some of these people that are on television and radio make incredible salaries. And, and you begin to wonder uh, what drives them. Well, Bob, if, if I could uh, comment on this, what, what I'd say first is that, uh, you know, I'm not a socialist. So I, I believe that people that earn money, they should be able to earn it fairly. And, and you know, if it's their money, it's their money. They get to spend it. They get to build a life. They get to build, a, you know, a, a business. They get to build, you know, whatever they want with that money that they've earned. Mm-hmm. But I think what's important is that when you're earning, let's say it is $30 million, $36 million a year, you start building a life that matches that income. Exactly. And, and I don't know about you, Bob, but boy, I've, I've never made more than $100,000 a year in my life. You know, I, I think about, the, as Christians especially, uh, and I know looking to the parables in the book of Matthew, and others, it's, it's tougher for the rich. And I think it's tougher, not for the reasons people would suspect. I think specifically, and, you, and as a pastor, you may want to weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough because you start to really lose track of what's actually important when you get wealthy. I think you start spending a lot of your time, yep. a lot of your money on entertainment, decadence. I mean, you spend it thinking that, hey, this is my lifestyle. I'm building up this this kingdom of my own. But ultimately, you know, it, it, this money, I think, it, first of all, it's the Lord's. All of it mm-hmm. is the Lord's. And, and I think we often, when, when we start bringing in wealth, we start bringing in money, we start, we forget to help the widows and the orphans. There's countless people that need help. And you know what? I'm not that I'm, I'm for some form of universal basic income, but I am for a version of universal basic, universal basic grace in the sense that if I can set up a food kitchen with a small amount of money that I've earned and I go, I go fill that food kitchen myself, you know what? I'm going to share the gospel with those homeless people, those people in need that come through there. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing that came out of that money earned. The people you're talking about making 30 to $36 million, they're involved in adultery. They're involved in drugs. They're addicted to their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, that's a bondage. And they have to have public um, relations people to keep their reputation looking decent. I'm not saying all of them. I'm sure many of them are very decent individuals, but with that kind of money uh, being dangled at you, there's also a contract that limits you in the things that you can do. I don't care what anybody says. That's just a fact of life. I, you were talking about, you know, they're making the $100,000, and I'm, I'm thinking it wasn't that many years ago, maybe 
oh, maybe 15. There was a time I came close to making that. But ironically, I was the pastor of a church, and it was not the church that was paying me that. They paid me a small stipend, housing allowance. God just opened a lot of doors to make a lot of money. And ironically, I ended up needing all that money to take care of a wife that had cancer. So God provided for a need. When it was all said and done, I had nothing left. But, you know, God, the money, the money was nice, but I never lived opulent. It just wasn't who I am. What's well, weird to to live opulent as a Christian. I, I think it, it feels wrong. It feels kind of decadent. And, and, it, and it feels kind of like you're getting too comfortable. Not that we all live like John the Baptist, you know, eating honey no. and locusts. But, you know, it, it's, it's, I think there's a, there's a happy median. And the happy median is that we're giving God our first fruits, not just in resources, but our time. I, I think that the most valuable resource you have in your life is your time. Yes. The time you have on earth and the time you wake up, what you do with that time. Yes. You, you asked me at the beginning of this interview about um, you know my new project, and I think the biggest thing I've spent time praying and thinking about is a mission statement. Mm-hmm. And it's all these things, all the things we just talked about, the things that just run around in my head, you know, all the information that uh, I've memorized, all the things I've been uh, tasked to analyze. You know, they 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 weigh in, and I, and I think about you know why did the Lord have me look into this, and why they have have the Lord you know have me memorize these things to recall them and. And what, what am I going to do moving forward? It, well, what a mission statement I came up with, if you don't mind uh, me sharing. Go right ahead. This is this is what I don't know what this is going to be called yet. I think it might be daily, but it could be once a week. But this is the mission that I'm going to try to accomplish. And, and again, your audience, you too, I'd, I'd be glad to hear if you have ideas of ways to accomplish this. But here it is. Mm-hmm. To be voices of hope, truth, and inspiration during a time of growing deceit, delusion, and and chaos to share the gospel of the kingdom with generations old and new through communication in media promote biblical values and build a coalition of like-minded influencers to meaningfully change society through the renewal of minds hearts and Mm -hmm. souls amen provide discernment on demand witty wisdom and happiness and hope through fact-based reporting grace-based interviews and christ-centered live commentary it was interesting you talked about an age of you know being deceived an age of being even in delusion and i keep going back and and the lord has just laid on my heart broadcast after broadcast for the last two or three weeks to go to second thessalonians and there's so much to be said about what is literally mass delusion there's mass delusion out there you have journalists that they, they don't even understand that they're sharing lies because they are believing their own lie so prolifically that it completely consumes them. They're living a lie. And we have government people that are enjoying their power, but they're living a lie. And, and the world is, is living this lie, and they can't even see the truth. And this is, this is where your kind of a job look. I did my journalism thing way back in the 1970s, and I moved on to other things. So I don't, I don't consider myself a journalist anymore. I just consider myself a person grounded in God's word who can look at the news if I get an honest report and try to bring it into the light of God's word. That's, that's my job. That's what I'm doing in trying to prepare the church for the times that we're coming into today. But you're right. I... 
I, I can, I'm having a hard time thinking how many true Christian journalists are actually out there that are that are not trying to quote sell something per se. Well, and it's I, look. I encourage anyone listening to this. Or you know, who are, who are thinking about, regardless of your age, mind you, too. You don't have to be young to do this. It's an exciting field. Uh, I, I think, for example, the Holy Spirit gives me discernment to catch certain things in certain stories, and, and I get a chuckle out of it at times. So the story came to mind as you were talking. Did you hear about this story regarding the IRS checking and, and getting access to bank accounts, and specifically getting to look at any transaction over six hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. Or the entire account, if it's valued over six hundred. Oh, sure, sure. And uh, the thing with it is, is that uh, you know you read the fact-checked uh, reports, and all these outlets now, Reuters, USA Today, mm-hmm. and others will do fact checks on it. And I remember one specific I read this week. USA Today, I believe it was, did a fact check on it. And what okay. they said is, oh, okay, this this is being exaggerated because yes, while it is in the spending bill. It would have to get passed, and it's not enough just for the Treasury Department to say they're going to do it. They just haven't done it yet. And and also, it's just to look at the account. This doesn't mean that they're mm-hmm. going to specifically mm-hmm. spy on anything. I'm reading this report thinking, what journalist or robot wrote this with a straight face? It goes uh, back to Second Thessalonians. It's, it's a story it's, on its face. It's delusion. We, it's look, delusion. We, and, and I don't... The Christians that I know have got to begin to recognize that the world we're living in is becoming increasingly an illusion. Uh, we're, we are, what is it, like free-range chickens on a farm. Uh, we're still going to come to an ultimate end. You know, we are, We're not as free as we like to believe here in the United States. we got a lot of people, they like to watch conservative news, they put on Newsmax because they're mad at Fox, or they go to America One. I'm not saying they're bad networks, don't get me wrong, but their, their God is still the ballot box. It's not in Jesus Christ. It's not in, in the blood of the Lamb. It's not in the security that we have to get through these times ahead. No, we're looking for princes and the sons of men to fix things in 2022, which is not going to happen. Well, I, I think that uh, when, it, when it comes down to partisanship, I, I think many Christians would be, um, they would be better off picking the Jesus party versus a Republican or mm-hmm. Democrat party or candidate. I, I think that we were called to be citizens of the kingdom first. Now, mm-hmm. th- does that mean we don't have a a civic responsibility in the society? Absolutely not. No, you, you need to oppose abortion. You need to, uh, to you know, obviously carry out your, uh, what you feel in your conscience is right as an upright citizen in this country in regard to voting or not voting or against supporting mm-hmm. or not supporting candidates. But again, we don't seek our hope through them. I think that's kind of the, the first thing that went wrong. I, I know, uh, Bobby, you, you have a lot of experience that I can draw from I'm, I'm you know in the younger end and I, I seek wisdom from uh, the the older generation because they're very wise but on this I, I saw the country change after 2016 it wasn't that you know President Trump uh, is bad or President Trump has destroyed the country and these other things no the, the point I'm trying to make here is simply that a, a cult formed around President Trump it did in part it truly did you know and that's true it's a hard saying as Jesus would say it's a hard saying but it's you know it's the truth. I've seen it in, in within family and friends that it became we 
a lot of people that, I'm going to use the term in a very loose kind of way, what I call the marginalized Christians. They're the ones that they think they have it figured out, but they're still putting their hope. How many people kept thinking, we'll get the election overturned by December? Well, by the time we get to the House of Representatives, they'll stop it right there. Then I've heard some of these phony prophets saying, oh, on by July the 4th, Trump will be back in the office and the, and the truth will be exposed. Well, I look at it this way. This is my... My opinion, this is not some revelation of God. If the Lord were to pull back the veil today on this nation and world and shine the light of truth, and you could see in all the fancy Brooks Brothers suits that the politicians wear and the vestments many of the woke church people wear, you would see the rotting corpses that are inhabiting those bodies Mm. and the evil that they are. And only a few people would actually notice. I mean, I'm serious. Life will go on. Some of the people that need to be motivated in the church will suddenly realize, but I don't think it'll change a whole lot of anything. The truth of an election, the truth of the virus, all could be exposed tomorrow. But the mainstream, sold-out media, those that are not in Christ, will continue with the delusion. Well, I think that uh, many, uh, they should re-examine their hearts on this because uh, what were the, some of the things we were asking for from President Trump? You know, we asked for a lot of things. I think we got a few of them, but one of the primary things I think Christians were looking for was an end to abortion. Mm-hmm. This, is, this has been a, a cry since 1973 that we stop the murdering of the unborn. And then our own party, the Republic, I should say his own party, the Republicans, when they had two years to do all this, they did nothing. He may have spoken yeah, they've it. Never, they've never wanted They to never will. About it. They you never know, they, will. They'll point to participation in marches and they'll talk about speeches and quotes and has sound bites and speeches. I, I want something uh, a little more Gee. solid. I, and it's not about what I want. Think about the amount of Americans, like we, we, so first of all, we, we will talk about the lost overseas, you know, war and then whatnot. And of course, you know, we, we, we grieve over the lost of our, our, our country, but we don't think about how many children we've killed in the womb. Millions. You know, it's like we, we're going to sit here and create campaigns out of loss, whether on the left they want to ca- create campaigns out of those who died to gun violence and other things. And on the right, we're, you know, we're, we're saying, man, we've lost more than 2,000 men and women over in Afghanistan. Okay, we, we probably lost about 2,000 men and women in the womb this week from That's abortion. Right. And, and here's the funny thing. You probably remember from last week, there was a politician talking. They're, they're talking about abortion. And, and all of a sudden, I did not realize this until last week, that abortion has a lot to do with white supremacy. And, 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 I'm, and I'm listening to this person talking about, well, one was saying abortion is an act of love. And then another one is saying it's, an, it, it's for health. And, and another one saying it's for joy. And another one saying, yeah, and those that oppose it are white supremacist, yet they don't recognize that black children are aborted at a rate four times higher within their population than those that are white. It, if anything, yeah, if if you're considering uh, it white supremacy to believe in abortion, then why do you want to kill so many of your children? Makes no sense. Well, that, that's one of the biggest lies the devil has successfully uh, uh, been able to sell to Americans is that it's not a child. 
Look, tell that to any mother, expecting mother. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's what's in your um, inside your body right now is not a child. Just say you're out of your mind. I've named this baby. I feel this baby. I feel white and black supremacy. It's it's so ridiculous, man. I know I know that those who are sincere are sincere when they bring up the subject of the African American children being killed through abortion. I, I've heard some Black Lives Matter speakers, for example, bring that up, and you know I give them credit for that. But, but the thing is, is they don't address gun violence they don't address the gang mm-hmm. culture they don't address the fatherlessness uh, you know especially among the african-americans and and they don't want to address again the issues with drugs that have led to broken families these are all factors which are leading right now to mm-hmm. a severe decline in the african-american population in the country not white supremacists not the kkk not people showing up with trump flags in washington dc mm-hmm. no the culture, the society is ravaging the African Americans in this country. Yeah. They, of course, they want to blame, you know, a, a, a fictional or a white rage, as I think as General Milley would call it. But I think on this, um, what's important is that Christians, first of all, cannot be involved in the division in this country. It's a very hard position right now because it's very easy just to pick your side and jump in and, and get angry with everyone in society. But we're not called to do that. We're called specifically to be ambassadors of peace. And mm-hmm. look, if you do have a disagreement, I, I know that the vaccine has, has caused divisions in churches. Yes. Now, I'm I'm unvaccinated. My position is that it's unethical and, and especially because of the uh, you know, the association with abortion um, through the production of, uh, you know, the the specific uh, mRNA molecules. These are the things that were used in the research. That's right. I can't I can't in good conscience support it. Even then, the fact that it's being pushed on people in such a manner, I would stand with those who are unvaccinated because it's Nazi like. Well, OK, but here's the thing. There are churches that it split the church in half. Half the church went out and got vaccinated, thinking either out of convenience or out of uh, uh, maybe belief. Or even maybe they fear. really did believe it was going to help keep them safe. But they mm-hmm. got a vaccine, and the other half is not vaccinated. Well, now you have congregations saying, well, I'm not meeting with the other half. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming to church with those people unless you stop the unvaccinated coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would pose this to you, Bob. How are we supposed to deal with these disagreements among the body of Christ? Not the way we're doing it for the most part, in too many churches, I agree. Listen, quick break. We need to take a break right now. My guest today, Edward Zoll, and uh, he and I had the privilege of working together briefly a number of years ago. And and when we come back from this break, I really want to talk more um, about the ministry that God has laid upon your heart. You have this, I want to let my audience know how to follow you, and we will let people know when you get close and you're ready to launch uh, this new television program. When we come back, I will give you the address where you can now uh, find us while we're in Florida, and we'll do all that. But right now, we have this break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Far from the game. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. When I was a kid, my father took me to a football game and we went there. It was freezing cold. We were sitting there out in the boondocks so far away from the field. You could barely see the game. And we're freezing and it starts to snow. And I'm thinking, 
you know, we could have watched this on television. I had no idea what they were doing on the field in the distance. You know, you're asking, do you know the score? Do you know what's happening? Who's winning? Who's playing? And, and what game are they playing? Unfortunately, many believers live their lives in God that way, sitting on the bleachers far away from the action. They hear great testimonies of great lives, but they're far away. They read about great believers, but that's far away. They hear about great testimonies far away. Read about the mission field far away. They hear about victory, a victorious life, but that's far away. The miracles, that's far away. The Great Commission, that's far away. And they're wondering what's happening in the field because they're not seeing much victory on the bleachers. Could that be you? God did not call you to the bleachers. There's no victory there. There's no bleachers in his kingdom. He didn't call you to be far away from the action or far away from victory or far away from miracles or the blessings. He didn't call you to the bleachers. My friend, get up off the bleachers and get involved. Get into the Great Commission. Don't waste your life far away in the bleachers. Get off the bleacher. Get onto the field because you were called to the field of God's calling. Ask for the bystander. We'll get that to you. Now, what if I offered you a million dollars? I want to offer you something better than a million dollars, something that'll help give you a strong, victorious life. A free subscription to Sapphires, vitamins for your spirit, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's one 800 Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, the harvest is great. The labors are few. I invite you to join me in the harvest. You don't need to plow. Just an open heart and a pen. And you can reach the unreached peoples of the world. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. And you'll have a great part in the end time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's hope of the world. A nice Jewish boy. Boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, get off the bleacher, get on the field. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Thursday. So glad that you're with me, either by radio or by podcast, doesn't matter. I'm glad that you're with me today. As many of you know, my wife, Lori, and I are traveling, and we are back in Florida. And I want to thank, uh, of course, Jim Calhoun for stepping up to the plate yesterday to help me out in putting together the broadcast for Wednesday. And we have a lot in store for the program tomorrow. I've got some material that I'm looking at. I've been reading. And essentially what I'm going to share with you tomorrow, we've talked a lot on this program about, shall we say, some of the reasons many of us are distrustful of those that are supposed to be our leaders, so supposed to be the experts. And I'm going to share with you some very documentable material, easy to find, to show you how many lies you've been subjected to and how many people are swallowing all these lies, hook, line, and sinker, and why I'm deeply concerned that, well, I don't really think a whole lot of good is going to come out. 
I, I just have a hard time believing as far down as we have gone as a society that we have a whole lot of hope left. But you know something? As Christians, we really do have hope. We can have hope in Jesus Christ. See, I don't put my hope in a politician. I don't put my hope and all my aspirations into an election, you know, like a year and a month from now. Why am I going to wait for 2022 to have some prince or the sons of men? The Bible says don't put your trust there. You'll always be disappointed. I'm putting my trust in God to get us through these difficult times that are coming upon all of us a lot sooner than later. And so I can have this optimistic view, even in spite of all the negative things that I see. And so I believe that God has called me into this work that I do on radio, as he has called others to do their work on television and the internet. All of us are just voices crying in the wilderness, trying to give you hope and truth and shine the light of God onto this sin-distorted world. That's the job that I have. I want to thank all of you that have made this possible as we go into our 14th month, finishing up our first week tomorrow of this entire new month of October. Where's the time gone? Once again, I thank all of you that have been supporters to this program. I'll give you the address if you'd like to help us out financially at the end of the program today. But today it's my honor and it's my privilege to bring on a good friend, somebody that I worked with for a time in another ministry. Many of you know him, Edward Zoll, and he's getting ready to launch his own, uh, mostly it's a video program, but it'll be like a video podcast. He'll tell you more about it. And Edward, as I bring you back, when you look over all that you've gone through, some difficult times in, in just the past month or so, what has been, what has sustained you? What lesson has God taught you? We all, we all learn a lesson through these difficult times. What have you learned? Well, I think that um, the Lord really put on my heart that he's the one that provides for us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a scripture about the Lord providing for the birds of the earth. You know, the... Every, every animal in this, in this planet um, has, has sustenance mm-hmm. until they don't and they pass on. But the point is for us, if we're serving the Lord, the Lord will always take care of us. It may not be in the way that mm-hmm. we're thinking. You know, we, we have an opinion about how the Lord should take care of us financially or physically. You know, but the, the Lord knows. The Lord knows exactly what our needs are. For me, uh, to be honest with you, I needed manna. I needed spiritual guidance i needed uh, a renewal of my mind my body i well, first thing i started working out again i i five years i i became a big boy <laughs> it happens <laughs> Not like huge or anything but i i gained weight i gained weight uh, in that job it was stressful mm-hmm. uh, i I'd, I'd kind of forgotten my days in the army and and you know i, I was eating whatever it was fast and convenient not what was good for me well yeah and, and, and i i've done that too didn't go during that time <laughs> but, I, during that same period of time that you and i worked together i think that in the year that i was there i gained 30 pounds in a year's time just because sure. <laughs> the fast food places are surrounding you and you know time was short and yeah that pizza's great for lunch 
and, and and that's what was happening and it wasn't good for me either and then you end up home tired and so what do you do convenience food full of carbs and salt just just what the body needs oh sure and it's what's well, it's ironic right we we need salt but not um, in, in the matter we're talking about physically, I mean, we, we need to be salty. Mm-hmm. I need to be uh, full with the word that I'd be able to uh, to share it in abundance with those in need. Well, again, the, the Lord, uh, that was the first thing. I reset physically. Secondly, I, I started waking up again at five, getting into the word. I, I'm doing this every day. I did this mm-hmm. this morning. There's a couple of verses I was studying this morning. I, what I do is if I, in my conversations throughout the day, there's a verse or there's a subject that comes up. I'll look up some verses. I'll, I'll do some prep in the sense of putting together, you know, what would consider to be this some verse I should pray about, ask the Lord for guidance on. I'll, I'll read them and I'll kind of stool them, you know. I'll let them. I'll let them work around in my head. And, you know, let me think about them for a little bit. And then in the morning, I wake up and I I do my own little Bible study on them. I mean, one mm-hmm. one of the verses that's really been on my heart is is Matthew eighteen. And Matthew 18 is, is an interesting verse. I'm, I'm sure you've read it. You've probably done sermons on it throughout your life. You know? But for me, it was new. It is, I've read the book of Matthew, but that's what's so beautiful about the living word is that mm-hmm. it's alive. You see something new every time you open up the Bible. <laughs> but Matthew 18, specifically verses 15 through 17, addressing reconciliation. And I, I believe, again, often it's used maybe as, as some kind of justification for revenge and retribution. I mean, vengeance is for the Lord. It's not for me. But this is what Matthew 18, mm-hmm. 15 through 17 says. If your father or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If mm-hmm. they listen to you, you have won them over. That's right. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church... Treat them mm-hmm. as you would a pagan or tax collector. That's right. And and what that and if you want to go back in time to fully understand what that means, they are not to be trusted. Uh, mm-hmm. The tax collectors in the time of Christ were thieves. I mean, they 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 were licensed to steal. That's in other a good point. Yeah. And what they were told to do by their their bosses, so to speak, you know, from the Roman government. They, they would say, we need X number of uh, denarii or whatever the, the coinage is uh, from these people. And, you know, whatever you get above that, you can keep. In other words, create your own commission. So they would walk up to one guy and say, I'm the power of the tax collector. And in his mind, he knows I need 10 denarii, but I'm going to get 30. I'll keep 20 for myself. And, and there's nothing you could do about it. I mean, this was the law of the land. And so... Tax collectors were considered thieves and untrustworthy. They were not people of their word. And pagans, well, they're worshiping another god. And we are told to have no association with those that worship another god. I mean, we're not to be in fellowship. And so this is the takeaway from the book of Matthew. If they're not going to be obedient, if they claim to be Christian, to what God's word has said in reconciliation then they are proving themselves to be in disfavor with God himself and nothing but, uh, how do I put it, chaos comes in its wake. It, it, never, it can never be settled in their lives when, they're, sure. when you're working in, in disobedience. Well, and I think for many, anyone's been in this situation where you feel wronged. 
And that may be even wrong by a mm-hmm. brother. Maybe most oh, yeah. often you're wrong by a brother in Christ. You're saying, man, that wasn't fair. That wasn't just, I, I feel I got cheated. I'm angry. I'm this and that. Oh, I've, I've dealt with people. Through it. I've gone through it. I've dealt with a I'll pastor. I dealt yeah, with a pastor right, right. that once stole thirty thousand dollars from a from stole, one of the people. My, my goodness! And by claiming it was going to be for a project and we'll pay it back, and then eh, we're, we're doing something different, and they stopped paying on the debt. And wow! You, and they you, nothing you could do about it. It was like it's unsecured. You're you, you're out the money, and and that's not a good testimony for the cause of Christ. And we've no. Seen, well, the, the Lord knows. The the Lord knows. Even if uh, they feel that that has has. And then you find out put and, under a rug. The Lord knows. The and you, Lord want, you want to know something when you when you investigate those kind of this was like a non denominational pastor. What you learn about when you do the history is they have a history of that in other cities and towns. And they, they hide it well when they move. And they move frequently to stay one step ahead. And that's sad. Well, there were a couple of the scriptures, Lord. You know, I was, I was studying this morning, and, and I think the Lord kind of really showed me some wisdom on The other one was in James, the book of James, chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Mm-hmm. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Amen. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. As you, were, I, I don't know about you, but that that <laughs> that's done. You know, think about it. As you were saying that, it also dawns on me that a lot of Christians get wronged. And, and it happens. That, that's just the nature of the sinful world in which we live in. And, it, and you can even be wronged by a fellow Christian that decides not to be repentant. And what just hit me is how many Christians stop at that point in their walk with the Lord and keep looking back trying to make that right. Mm. And, they, and, and you're never going to make it right. And in the process of trying to make it right, you're going to do more wrong. Oh, absolutely. You know, what Wait, is, you let you let bitterness into your heart. Exactly. You let your focus be on the revenge or or you know, your I'm your justification. Even. You don't deserve anything. I mean, for for personally, the Lord is taking care of me, he's taking care of those who are wrong and if you're seeking him out, he doesn't owe you anything on that. You know, like I, many people think that they need a, a thunderbolt or a fireball to come down to avenge them against their enemies. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It, if you really were being honest, what you what you need is you need to both reconcile, yes. you need to forgive, mm-hmm. and you need to focus again on the true, true enemy. Again, how often do we leave our house treating that adventure, that path, that mission, as if there was a roaring lion roaming around outside? Mm-hmm. Okay, there is a roaring lion out there. It's the devil. Amen. You know, I was just thinking, I've been very fortunate in my work career, and it goes back almost 50 years. And and something hit me out of nowhere. I didn't understand. And and what what I noticed in my life, I've only been wronged in believe it or not in my entire working life. And I thought about it, I thought about this two times, maybe two and a half at, at tops. You know, one it didn't make any difference either way. That's not a bad batting average when you're you know in your sixties mm-hmm. to have. And the two times. I will tell you the temptation to do something about it and, quote, get even, you know, crush that individual, make them pay, was very strong. And then there was that other voice that came along that said, just let it go. 
let it go. That's a good voice to go. listen to. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, and I'm saying, and I, I when I say two and a half, I'm thinking of something that's so far back in my youth, I'm not sure what the story really was. But the two times where, yes, it was obvious I was done wrong. In both cases, when I said, Lord, it's your problem now, I turn my back on it, and I'm going to walk this new direction. Both times, the blessings he threw my way were beyond any measure I could have conceived. Both times. Both times that I was done wrong, God opened up doors to totally make it right. And, you know, he dealt with those individuals years later. You know, so what? It didn't make any difference anymore because uh, I had moved on. I, you know, there's sometimes we as Christians need to leave our anger at the cross, leave our issues at the cross. Amen. If there are people that are not going to listen to you, they're not going to listen to the church. They've got their mind made up. Uh, the expression is their minds are like concrete, thoroughly mixed up and too yeah. well set. And, and I've met a lot of people. So you're better off just just walking away. And, and say, Lord, I, I'm going to give it to you, and, and don't look back. You know, we, we forget that there's an old saying in the West where the, where the Native Americans would, they would bury the hatchet after a time of war. And the problem is with Christians, we leave the handle sticking out of the ground where we can grab it again if needed. Yeah, just in case, right? Keep keeping that little, like, oh, just in case, just in case I want to go back. And, and we'll, we'll go back to the place where that uh, handle's sticking out. Mm-hmm. We'll sit there and stare at it. Yeah, we'll sit there and stare at it. It almost becomes an idol if you if you put it in that, in that frame a little bit, doesn't it? It does. And and you know, so my feeling is this is just a genuine feeling when you launch a ministry like you're going to be launching, and it's going to be different. You know, you're not in it to be a pastor. You're in it to do what most of the conservative media is failing to do. They are they are using the lens of a ideology. To give you the news. Now, we can talk about the MSNBC Antichrist lens that they generally use, but I'm not saying that Newsmax or Fox is, is using God's lens either. You know, they're, they're using a conservative lens, you know, for fiscal conservatism and, and low crime. But is that truly the godly lens? And I think that the one thing that nobody's doing and it'll make my life easier to find, have people like you finding the news and then I can look at some stories you've shared and then get back into God's word and say, all right, what does this mean for us? What does God have to say about this particular story now? And what does it mean to the church? What does it mean for our future? What does it mean going forward? And, you know, there's not a, it's hard for me to, uh, shall I say, distill the stories to know that I've got the accurate story that's not been filtered through an ideology because we well, need often, to go there. Uh, it's, it's very wise what you just said there because I think often we're having to navigate through the information to find the nuggets of truth and, and in regard to what's important to the body of Christ, my goodness, what would you have done if you'd been alive at the fall of the Roman Empire? Mm-hmm. What decisions would you have made 50 years before it fell in order that you were in a position to continue uh, the Great Commission, uh, continue to share the gospel with the, the world, share the mm-hmm. gospel in every nation? Maybe you'll have a change of plan. Maybe, maybe like me, you'll, you'll change jobs uh, overnight. Oh, you'll, yeah. You'll seek out new employment, new, new people. And I'll, I'll share this real quick. 
one of the things that went in, first of all, you know, the idea of launching uh, a new show. First of all, I'm, I'm going to treat my employees as the golden assets they are. The Amen. employees are the most important thing in the building. We're going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure they're provided for. I've met so many people since, uh, you know, leaving my previous job. Uh, hard, you know, the saltier of people. People make $200 a, a week. Uh, cleaning pools, making guns, uh, uh, cleaning streets, uh, lawyers, doctors. I met those folks too. But I'll tell you this, the people that work hard every day and, and hope that they, they've made a dent in, in their debt mm-hmm. or in providing for their family, mm-hmm. the Lord sees it. The Lord appreciates it. I guarantee you if they're raising their family right and they're raising their family in the Lord, the Lord will have a, a exceedingly large reward for them in heaven. Amen. But for our show, um, Bob, one of the things I'm going to do is I, I think I'm going to keep a panel format. I really like the concept of bringing the audience in to have a conversation with mm-hmm. you. Um, I'm going to have uh, Lauren Witzke. She's my co-host on the previous program. Uh, she's going to be joining me. She was a Senate candidate in Delaware. She almost won, too. You know, wow. you have to wonder if there, if there really was cheating. I, yeah. I think that Lauren might actually be Senator Witzke. Right mm, <laughs> but amen. I tell you that she's on fire for the Lord. She's got a great recovery uh, testimony in the sense that she used to be addicted to drugs. She used to traffic them, from my understanding. Wow. But she doesn't do that. She traffics in the gospel now. She shares the gospel with the lost. And she's an inspiration in the next generation. Also got a pastor, a friend of mine I've been in touch with for quite some time. He's a pastor out in Nashville. He's got his own show. Mm-hmm. His name is Todd Coconato. I've wanted to work with him for a very long time. Uh, we've stayed in touch throughout the years as he's gone from being my friend to being my friend who's married with a daughter. And mm-hmm. hey, it, I've seen him grow. I'm happy for him. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at uh, bringing him on and doing a panel program with him and Lauren. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, it's going to be an awesome format. We're going we're gonna to find the stories that you won't find anywhere else. We're going to give you the analysis that you won't hear because they won't dare go to the places we'll go. But you'll hear it in love. You'll hear it in grace. It'll be interesting. I guarantee you that. You'll laugh a little bit, but you'll be joyful. You won't want to kill yourself after you listen to our news. Amen. For those that want to get a hold of you or get in touch with you, um, is there any way that they can? How, How can they reach Edward Zoll today in Vero Beach? It's one of, one of the first ways, if you'd like to sign up for my Telegram channel, it's Edward R. Zoll. That's Edward R-S-Z-A-L-L. I, I try to put a lot of my updates, stories, things I'm doing, you know, especially in the news, in that Telegram channel. I did set up a, an email listing. It's on Substack, which is this uh, program, this awesome program that you basically... Oh, I know. I'm, I, I, I get a lot of my material from there. I'm a subscriber to several. Oh, Oh, great. So on Substack, I've uh, I've set up an email listing. Just search my name, Edward Zoll, and Next Step, I think, is another way to do it uh, in the search bar. Also, our, our GoFundMe. Now, the Lord has blessed us. My goodness. It, we, we met our goal. It was just going to be enough to cover rent and a couple bills and medical bills. Uh, that's, that's done very well. And again, it's because uh, the Lord's faithful uh, were obedient to him and, and uh, Mm-hmm. Rose to the occasion to help out. I, I tell you, it's it's humbling and it's it's wonderful um, that uh, I, I have a family still. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, you do. Happy. You do. On there, we have a link to a survey. 
And of course, you were helped out too, but we have a survey for the new show. If you'd like to fill it out and you listen to this interview or you've heard and you've seen my work before, we're asking uh, if you want to, to explain how you get your news right now, what you would name the show based on that mission. One, mm-hmm. you'd like to watch it, how you'd like to be available. Mm-hmm. The beauty of doing something new is we don't have to do the things of old. We don't have to follow the old models because it's a new age, isn't it, Bob? Well, you know, one of the things, like I say, I never thought that I'd be doing a daily program in my retirement years. And and the Lord opened the door up and I'm being obedient. But I also recognize that, you know, somewhere in the next six months, a year, two years, who knows, the time will come that I'll be moving on. I feel I need to get help in doing this program. So I've mentioned that before. For now, I'm going to be here for, for quite a while. But I feel that my job... I need to get back with my pastor hat a little bit more than trying to analyze the news hat because the church is woefully unprepared. We learned that after we we, until the end of 2019. You and I mentioned this before the program, before we started recording. If you had told the churches that you're going to be shut down and people can't come and you have no giving and, you know, you're going to be threatened if you dare open, they would have looked at you like you're out of your mind. And look at where we are today. And I don't see it getting a whole lot better anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I see it getting worse. Any closing remarks before we have to start closing down for the day? I'll just say this. Even on your worst day, Christ is with you. If you're worried, you're sad, you're anxious, look, you're not in this alone. Amen. One, Jesus Christ is with you. And two, the body of Christ is available. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to your church. Reach out to your pastor. Okay? And and also, keep in mind, if you're doing okay, there's plenty in the world who aren't. That's right. Use your joy. Use your light Mm -hmm. and shine it to share the gospel with the lost. Now, just don't forget your friends like me when you get on to big TV stardom and I'm just this poor little guy on the radio. I won't forget you, Bob. I love you, Bob. My guest today, Edward Zoll who's beginning his own new program. And I'll, I'll let you know what's happening and and let you know on the website that he needs is built and what the name of the program will be, the launch date. I'm excited about it too. And, and I'm really, I'm thrilled that God has put together this opportunity for him. Having worked in media for as many years as I have, and I know what it's like to work for somebody else. I've worked for secular uh, organizations, and I've worked for some Christian organizations over the years. And as a general rule, um, the Christian organizations have been wonderful to work for. And there was one notable exception, and I'll leave it at that. And when something happens, especially in Edward's case, young in his career, but he's grown so rapidly, and he's got such incredible talent. And in times like these, these very strange and difficult times that we are, we're seeing in our world today, how in the world can we get, get by with misinformation and, and lack of news? And so God is raising up people to do their part in keeping the church, you and I and all of us, informed. There are some that I know that they're writers, and there's material you can find if you know where to find it that is credible, believable, honest, and godly. And then there are radio programs, not just mine. There there are several others that I think are great. And then we have those that are now using 
the tools of television, but in an online format. And I've talked with Ed, you know, about Edward. I hope that he can work out to be on one of the apps like on Roku or something along that line. Because a lot of people, including, you know, old guys like me, I have the ability of watching certain TV programs online on my regular TV. And it would be wonderful to have additional voices, solid voices that we can depend upon in these most difficult times. I know that Edward has made his profession of faith a long time ago. And I'm watching how God is using him. He has learned so much, incredibly so much. And and I, I just feel honored to to have him as a guest on the program. And, and trust me, I really do hope to have him on more frequently. And for those of you that are going to be still doing television for a while or, or online or whatever the case may be, this will be another credible news source for you. And I hope that you'll make use of it. My job, as I've told Edward in a conversation privately, I still have a pastor's heart. That's really what God called me to do. Broadcasting is something, as I've mentioned many times before, is something I started in when I was in high school. I loved it. Learned the engineering side of it, uh, management side, on air. Loved it all. And then God still got a hold of me to put me into the ministry. So never say never. And it was I was in my 40s when that happened. So never say never that you're too old to do something. And never think you're too young to do something. God called some very young people to do some very incredible things. If God empowers you and you're truly called, and that call is confirmed on your life, don't evade it. I tried that for a while. It doesn't work. I want you to pray for Edward as he he moves forward to put together his new program, and I hope you'll find it beneficial to you. Now, as I said, we are traveling into Florida, and we will be here for an extended period of time. And uh, we, we still own a home in Florida. We have a uh, daughter and son-in-law and, and a grandson living at our house. And we also have our little place up in Georgia, which we'll be probably not seeing for, for quite a while. There's so much work to be done in Georgia right now. And so pray for us during this time. And, and pray for me that I can, you know, my pastor's heart is still there. I want to see people come to the Lord. A good friend of mine said, if it wasn't for the fact there's so many lost souls out there, I would retire. He's uh, about a year and a half older than I am. I get it. I know I know what he's feeling. The, the church where he's pastor has never come back to anywhere near the size that it was pre-pandemic. Yet there's so many lost people out there. And that, that is a fact. And I, I just want to use this program and other things to build the church and build up the body of Christ. If you believe in this radio program, can we count on you? Our mailing address for financial support and make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio at 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida. The zip code 32536. And make the checks payable to Ancient Word Radio. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website 
truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.